Roasted podcast, me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with two legends in their own right. I mean, two of the best heavyweights I ever met. We got Don Fry and Sean McCorkle. How's it going, guys? Don just left. Okay. <laughs> so it's going great for me. Uh, what's new with you? Uh, no, we just got back from vacation, man. We we're down there in Florida. Um, I got sick down there, which I was kind of hoping it was COVID, so that I could say it wasn't like like it was nothing because I'm not uh, vaccinated, but I don't think it's that. So I don't know. You were, you're, you're hoping for COVID. Yeah. I want to get it so I can tell everybody it's not bad at all. Even if it is like, even if it's terrible, I'm going to still act like I'm so glad I didn't get vaccinated. Well, don't say that because now if it's terrible, no one's going to believe you. Uh, you just basically <laughs> well, yeah. played your card. Well, I haven't lied about having it yet, but. Okay. Now I was in Florida too. Isn't it crazy? Like Florida, like I, I did a joke how I got in trouble for wearing a mask. Like, people were like, take off your mask. I mean, it's legit. People are just like, uh, it's same. I mean, same. But even like in Ubers, where like you go on Uber, uh, every Uber I got to the comedy club, they would, the Uber driver would be like, you know, take off your mask, you're fine. Like, he was like, like all right, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole crazy world, man. It's a crazy world. Uh, I, had, I had a bunch of shows in Naples, and it was wild because – I've talked about this before, but, you know, my, my mother, I haven't seen her since I was three. I have no recollection of her, really, except for the time she, like, basically beat me up at a restaurant and then also tried to kidnap me and my sister. She pulled up and was like, get in the car. My dad came outside. He said, get in the house. The cops came. And that was it. So I had a babysitter when I was younger that reached out to me on, on like, Facebook. That was like, I used to babysit you, and, you know, your mom was really nice, and I, I loved your family, but she had some mental problems, and... She kind of stayed in my life, uh, but this babysitter sent me some pictures and stuff. She came to my show, and yeah. I didn't know because I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking with the crowd, and I'm like, hey, you know, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm your babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then I told the crowd, I'm like, no, this really was a babysitter. She's like, yeah, you had the cutest little ass. I used to kiss it, and uh, which was like awkward, you know. But people were like laughing. Uh, but but yeah, that was. Well, how old were you like? 13 or two months old i guess that's what we need to know i was like i was like two years old um okay. another it's a little odd to be i don't know i guess it's not that odd because brendan Shaw kisses joe rogan's ass and rogan's 55 so right, right. So, uh, and we are at number one for the show so far <laughs> um but yeah that was there was a time like so my 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 wife she never knew her father like her father left before she was born and she met him once he lives in canada and I guess he, uh, she, like, reconnected with her half-brother, and he's really, really nice kid, Jeremy, really, really nice kid. So anyway, I was in Canada, and my wife's like, uh, I think my dad wants to come to your show. And I was like, all right, and I just forgot, you know? So, like, three days later, I'm on stage, and I'm messing with the crowd, 
And I'm like, sir, what do you do? And he's like, I'm your wife's father. And everyone started laughing and like applauding. And I'm like, no, no, don't clap for him. This guy's, the, he's like a deadbeat dad. <laughs> like, oh, shit. I'm like, he didn't even get us a wedding gift. Like he never even reached out to her. And then people are like thinking that I'm kidding, which I'm not. Uh, and then I got off stage and then he, him and his uh, sister handed me like a, a check for our wedding. But, but yeah, that was uh, also Don Well, Fry, tell your wife I'm glad she has a dad who's alive that can come to your comedy show. Right, so. right, thank you. Well, yeah, well, he's, but he doesn't. So Don, how are you doing, man? Good. How much was the check for? <laughs> oh, you're my wife's father. Oh, it was a, uh, it was like a thousand Canadians. So it was like what, six hundred dollars American. Uh, <laughs> well, that ain't bad. I mean, for twenty years, thirty years. How old? How old was she? Young and married. Uh, twenty-seven. She was twenty-seven. Well, so, so six hundred bucks for twenty-seven years. Hey, that's <laughs> It's pretty good deal for him. <laughs> yeah, very good deal for him. Very good deal for him. Uh, you know, man, I was uh, I went down to Florida. You know, you guys were making fun of me two weeks ago because I was so dark already, you know, like in Indiana, like how to get that tan. And the Florida sun's so mean, man. It was weird. I was like, by the third day I was down there, I had lost all my white privilege. Like, it was weird. Like, just <laughs> checks quit coming in the mail for me. Everything quit being real easy. I, I quit getting, like, real, like, amazing job offers with no experience. All that white privilege disappeared as soon as I got this dark. It's weird. Wow, man, that that happens. That happens to a lot of people. Um, by the way, so dude, this girl that I I never met this girl. I like know this guy in Vegas who um, he like shoots porn, but he shoots like porn where girls wrestle each other, and then like the winner fucks the loser, or like some weird like the kind of porn where like they beat up a guy and like torture him, like just some really bizarre stuff. Anyway, so that he came to my. So what? What you do? Were you being tortured? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they listen to Brendan Schaub's comedy. No. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I thought I saw Schaub in one of those porn movies one time. Turns out it was one of his fights. He was getting beat up and tortured, and so. Right, right, right. I, I had to throw that for you. Right, well, so this girl hit me up after, and she's like, "Hey, you know Glenn, blah blah blah." She's like, "I'm I'm a stripper in Vegas and this and that." So I'm like, "Oh, cool, blah blah blah." So she, like the other day, she sent me tit pictures. Right, just hers is fucking topless. So I'm like, my wife, like sometimes I'll be going through my Instagram and she'll like. She'll look over. So I'm like, hey, like I'm married. Please don't don't send me this shit, you know. And I've never felt like gayer in my life. Like, <laughs> like there was nothing. But I, I and I wanted to like reach out to my wife and say, hey, hey, Bree, look, look what I'm doing. But she's not going to be impressed at all, and probably think it'll be like, I like plan this. Like there's, there's right. no there's no way of looking good. Or the other two under. <laughs> what was that? Where are the other 200 photos? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Uh, Sean, did you ever have that? Like, uh, I know you were a big star in the UFC. You ever have girl, you had a girlfriend. You ever have a girl hit you up with, like, tit pictures? Hey, man, it was, it was always at the absolute worst time, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be like you'd be sitting in a car all of a sudden come in, like, hey, what have you been up to? And then it would just have, like, the name Chicago <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? Like that in or whatever. That's like the band of Chicago is texting me. But uh, a lot of times you didn't know who, it, like, I didn't know who it was, so I didn't know, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, so you put him on the, like, no, I just, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, I did have one the other day, somebody texted me. You know, I don't know if you got an iPhone, but iPhones will tell you it's maybe someone. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, it's yeah. really weird. It's like this person called, and the one called me yesterday and said it might be James Bond, and I didn't know if I should answer it or not. I said, <laughs> thinking, he could be in trouble, but he literally said, might maybe James Bond, and then uh, 
turns out it was just some Indian guy trying to sell me Viagra. Oh God! Um, so I saved his number, and we're going to talk later, I guess. But, so, but what did you? But you, you were always a faithful guy, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. No, I don't even text other girls when I have a girlfriend. I don't text. I don't. Not even no one. Even if I, they're not an ex, I don't text any female that isn't related to me if I have a girlfriend. Did you ever reply right, to them? Right. Uh, if I ever replied, it would normally be just to say, "Hey, I've got a girlfriend. I can't text you. Sorry." But that just as a challenge for them to try to cause problems. Then. So yeah. I had a girl tell me one time, it's just best if you ignore a girl that you don't want to talk to because that's the ultimate slap in the face for a woman. For men, they're just like, hey, maybe maybe she just didn't see it or maybe she's in the bathroom. I'll try again. Maybe right. I'll send a picture of my dick and she'll like that. Like, that's how guys always try to do. But yeah, no, like, I guess if you just ignore them, they get so offended that they'll never speak to you again. So, so we're talking to a guy right now who is one of these guys. He's fighting for if he wins two fights, he becomes a millionaire. He might already be, he might probably already a millionaire, this guy. He's, he's got so many businesses, and I, I see him in Dubai in like a chic costume, and this, not, or outfit, not costume, <laughs> wearing, but this dude is fighting two fights. He's got to win two fights, and he wins a million dollars. He's on a streak right now, a four-fight winning streak, five-fight winning streak. He's, he's a whole different, he's on a mission. Uh, he told us he was going to beat Lance Palmer, and I believed him. But I didn't believe him the way he fought. Like, I mean, Bubba Jenkins is on a different level right now. Bubba, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Adam. What a fucking introduction. Awesome fucking seven-minute-long introduction. I appreciate it. Yes. Fucking coming off a high-rise, in a high-rise right now. I'm down in Miami, feeling good. Y'all know y'all see me with the motherfucking Mr. Yellow. <laughs> uh, can't stop the rain. Uh, uh, but um, I'm, out my, I'm out here, but... About to get this workout in two days till weigh-ins. I ain't going to tell nobody my weight, as you know. Uh, so, you know, we out here grinding, baby. The plastics is necessary. The smile is wide. The hair is good. You know, the, everything everything that's bad, man, is a bad thing. It's all good. We buy my things, you know? So, a lot of people watching this who don't know about uh, wrestling uh, or losing weight, Bubba is wearing a rubber suit. Uh, which is what you wear when you want to lose a lot of weight. A lot of times you wear uh, the pants too. You, you don't have the rubber suit. I think you're gonna have sex with a fat girl. <laughs> or you want to have sex with a fat girl. <laughs> or you want to have sex with a fat girl. Sometimes uh, it gets a little wet and slippery. You gotta get that wet. Down. Uh, Bubba, I was a little concerned about you after your first win. It seemed like you were at the club. You were you were live streaming <laughs> the clubs. You were uh, you yep. were you were rapping. You you were living yep. the high life. You were making it rain. Yep. Um, yep. I'm like, please don't celebrate too early. You still have three more fights. Your last fight, you yep. fought Bobby Moffitt, very, very tough guy, very underrated guy. You won the first two rounds easy. Third, you got a little tired. Yep. Um, as much as partying and, and um, like fun that I was having that a lot of people got to watch, you know, um, I obviously have children. So my 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 biggest thing is having an inheritance for my children. That's what labels me a good man. I'll die as a good man because my children will have more than I have started with. They'll have more than, you know, I'll have, I'll have breaking, I'll have broken the generational curse for my children and for my family. I'll be my family's first multi multi millionaire. And as much as I, um, you know, have fun and, and, and enjoy the, the spoils of my labor. Yeah, um, my folks stick around getting kids money too, huh? <laughs> yeah, my focus, my focus is getting 
paid by getting my children paid. I mean, everybody wants to give me sponsorships and endorsements, but you know, my children don't eat clothes unless they're going to be their size and we don't eat, you know, products. We, we need, we need greens, funds, blue checks, blue cheese, Skrilla, mozzarella, cheese. Um, so when it comes to, you know, me, going out here and partying and networking it's really me just being the businessman that i am yeah i have a lot of fun doing it i have fun fighting fighting is a scary thing but i have fun i'm smiling i'm having a good time yeah i have fun partying too partying shouldn't be as fun as it is for me but i i, I make it such a great thing because i'm getting some money i'm getting some business i'm getting i mean i i love to be the national champ partier and the national champ wrestler that i was in college so um, they might change for me baby same same shit different toilet that, that makes you sense. Know what, uh, makes you know sense. what's awesome is Bubba's taking a completely like different path than me. He decided to become a billionaire or a millionaire after he got divorced. I became a millionaire before I got divorced. Turns out it doesn't last nearly as long. So. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> and honestly, no it ain't my fault. I, I'm not as smart. Like, literally, I kind of lucked in that situation. And I'm going to just say that the Lord has guided me in this situation. But you're right. Um, getting the money after she's gone is definitely cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Is it also is it also motivating you though a little bit? Like you're like one hundred percent. I told you I was gonna do this, bitch. I was right. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking right. It's motivating. It's also validation. Now you're fighting Chris Wade. Chris Wade was a New York State champ wrestler. Uh, he was a guy that wrestled for Oneonta. I think he wrestled D one or D two. He never kind of made it as far as wrestling as he could have because he also partied too much. Uh, very dangerous fighter, ex-UFC fighter. I think he went like five and two in the UFC. I don't know why they cut him. Uh, and he's got some pop. Um, what's this fight going to... He's got some what? Some pop. The Who's got head? some pop? Chris Wade. Chris Wade ain't got no fucking pop, even if he opened up a soda can. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. I ain't seen no fucking pop, sizzle, or snap from his ass. He got kicks. He got some kicks. I ain't seen him hit nobody with some pop. Fuck you talking about? So you're not impressed by Chris Wade at all? I I, I am not impressed by <laughs> his performance. Okay. Chris all right. Wade, Chris Wade is a tough competitor. He's a tough guy from New York. I want to say he's from one of the fucking islands, Staten or Long Island. Or Long, Island. Long or something. Yeah, he's from Brooklyn. one of those spots. Yes. Right. Who 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 gives a fuck? It ain't where you at. It's where I mean it ain't where you're from, it's where you at. And right now he gonna have to stand in front of me. And I've heard a lot of his interviews, man. I don't really speak much about Chris Wade. You know, people bring him up because I gotta fight him, but I don't really even speak much about him. Even when I speak about him, I only speak about him speaking about me. My man has brought my name up way too many times for me to even be uh to, to be okay with him saying it the way he says it, you know. He's speaking of it in a reverence, but also speaking of it in a like, well, he's more of a Damian Maya kind of grab and hold kind of guy. And I don't appreciate that at all. You know, I don't appreciate him thinking that I portray myself to be this Conor McGregor. These are all words that he's used, you know, in, in, in interviews when I'm trying to gain an understanding of his personality. I'm trying to gain an understanding of his demeanor. And one thing that I've understood is one, he's scary. He, he ain't built like I'm built. He ain't a warrior. He's a fighter. I give him that. He's a fighter. But he ain't no warrior. He ain't, he ain't built like I'm built. His quit button is too close to the top. And, and even though he's never been finished, I'm going to be the first because nobody's actually ever really ran up on him and, and got his, like, understanding of him. I understand Chris Wade. I understand Chris Wade. Uh, Don Fry, any, anything you want to say? Don? Sounds great, man. 
I'm going to put some money on you there, Jenkins. <laughs> now, Do it. I want to know, um, so you're down the final four, correct? Final four fighters, right. there's two fights left in a million? Ten of us with t uh, ten alternates, so it's about 20 of us. Now we're down to the final four. So do you get, is it just a million for the winner and everybody else just gets like 5,000 or is it in steps to get the million? Like if no, you steps to get the million, depending on, I mean, shit, three of the four guys in the finals are all, uh, all have the same agent. Me, me, Chris Wade, uh, and the Russian boy all have Ali Abdelaziz as our agent. So we're probably all getting paid pretty handsomely, me more handsomely than them, because uh, I am more handsome than them and a better fighter, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> what are we negotiate for coming up to the lead up to this fight? So you'll get, you know, some people got 50,000 to show and 50,000 to win. And then you advance. Maybe you got a hundred thousand to show and a hundred thousand to win. Uh, and then you advance. And then maybe you got 250,000 to show and 250,000 to win. And then you advance and maybe you get 500 in the finals to win and 500 in, to, you know, I ain't saying that that's the numbers. I Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if I was asking for a friend, you know, that's kind of how it works. Okay, so good. You're getting paid either way, man. That's what uh, – Getting paid either way, those, yeah. Those tournaments, man, always stunk when 15 guys walk away with 10 grand and then somebody gets a million. It always – like Chris Lytle lost the uh, Ultimate Fighter finale to Matt Sarah on the comeback season, and he got $10,000, and um, Sarah walked away with 250 I think. So, um, it, uh, I don't think that's a good formula for good fights because guys will just try to eke out wins than if one guy's getting paid 50 times what the other guy is, you know. so Absolutely. And I think um, the format of what, how we're fighting has made it a little better because our, the, what we show up to get paid, well, what I get show, what I show up to get paid is handsome enough to where I, I can risk it for this win or lose a draw. Of course, now we're in the millions and we're real money. So, you know, ain't no risking it this time. But, like, you know, um, other organizations don't pay you enough to show up and risk the Rock'em Sock'em right. Robot sometimes fighting Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So if, if I'm a wrestler and I go in there and I take the guy down and I don't want to stand up and risk him possibly knocking me out or risk him possibly looking somewhat good for the judges, if I'm humping this good dude when everybody walks in and everybody sees me humping the shit out of this guy and beating the shit out of this guy for the next 15 minutes, then nobody's going to question who won or how risky it was because I got to get the, the other half of that check. Right. But when you pay me you know, nice or handsome enough or you give me a show fee, like some, some, some organizations have it where you have to show up and you have to win. Why don't we just give me get, give me the middle number, and I don't even have to get a bonus for the win. I just come to fight and make up, put on a show for the right. fight itself. I'm, man, I've always and, said that if I had guaranteed contracts, like you get six yep. fights, five fights, no matter what, things would be so much different because I know when no, I fought when, my – the risk factor, the way people are like, yeah. oh, oh, I don't want to get it. I want to get it. I don't want to get it. The risk of if I lose this, I make half of what I was going to make. That shit right. is a whole different. And you're going to get cut most likely if you lose in a lot of cases. So it's kind of like uh, I know on my, my UFC debut, if I didn't win, I was going to be down five grand. I will have paid $5,000 to fight in the UFC. That's where I was at. But certainly like medical testing, uh, training, all that. I would have been out five grand if I didn't win. You know, so it's like it's it's ridiculous, man. And it's not that, and we're not that far removed from situations still being that way. Yeah. Well, I know that, and it's one uh, of the most lucrative sports in the game. This is one of the who doesn't watch fighting? Who doesn't what? What country does not have a representation of a fighter in their bloodline? Which country doesn't call themselves the fighting something? Fight in every culture, DNA, every strand of the world. So for us to be in a sport like soccer and being paid like suckers is fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get anything worse than soccer. I know that chip on your shoulder, Bubba, 
is a very dangerous man. Bubba's a dangerous man, whatever. But like your, your fight against Lance Palmer, you were doing kicks, spitting wheel kicks. I mean, things that like I've never seen you do before. This was, I mean, it was a whole. And I think a lot of it is Dewey Cooper, and you just have a really good synergy. I think you found the guy, your guy. Uh, are we going to see more of that? Absolutely. Um, I'm bringing the kitchen sink, man. I'm I'm flying knee. If he throw, we might throw flying knee at the same exact time because I know he likes to run across the cage and get get antsy and get 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 with it, get busy. So, you know, we might be clashing in the middle of the cage at the same time. But, yeah, I'm going to be throwing kicks, head kicks, spinning kicks. Uh, I'm going to be checking kicks, throwing them right back like I'm from fucking Thailand or some shit. Um, only because I know that he kicks a lot and I know that he's scary. He's a, he's a like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, get away from me, kick. Oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, kicky, kicky. You know, he's like a, a twitchy, kicky motherfucker. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a get them all twitchy up. I'm going to get them all flinched out. You know, jump at him a couple times, let him flinch, check the kick, and I'm gonna answer back, man. We we fighting. Well, he's fighting. I'm warring. Now, how can we've never seen trying to bring a pace? Now, in college, be trying to bring pain. In college, you made this one move called the super duck famous. Uh, it yes. was the greatest duck under in the history of duck unders. But you've yes. never done it in, in in the octagon or the cage or whatever. Are you ever gonna do the super duck in a fight? Uh, man, if it, if it presents itself, the, I, I have to have someone like yourself to remind me of like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because when I'm in there, I'm in a certain zone. And if someone was like, the duck is there, the duck is there, then I might jab, hit him with a combination, and then go to it. But I have to have like that under, like it has to be in the back of my head. Like I literally do what I'm thinking of. Like when I'm doing a spinning back kick or I'll do a flying knee, it, it, like, yes, of course, I'm going to read my opponent. But more times than not, man, if I think it, if I see it, my instincts are telling me to go. I don't, I don't, I don't pull back on my instincts. I just go. I just let uh, – a lot of times I'll do stuff and I'll realize that I did it after I did it. When I kicked um, – God rest his soul um, – when I kicked um, that kid in his head, um, uh, the belt, my last belt, one of yeah, my last yeah, yeah. belts. Yeah, uh, Jordan Parsons. When I kicked Jordan Parsons in the head, you can see on video on video that I was a little bit stunned by it. I didn't really know what I had done, and that's because I'm kind of I'm like a lot of times I just go, my body reacts, and I don't really know what I've done until it's over. <laughs> right, right. Now Sunday, Jake Paul is boxing Tyron Woodley. Who do we think wins that fight? I'm going with Woodley. Why? Pride, bet on black wrestler. Going with Woodley. The money, uh, the, the money scares me. If the money wasn't so big, maybe somebody else. But the money's big, so that's what scares me because he's got silk sheets already. He's already a Hall of Famer, and you know what I'm saying like it's got to be a little bit of pride. So I think I'm thinking he gonna win on just this fucking YouTuber guy is not gonna beat me because I'm a champion and that will do something to my legacy. But Money is money, man. We don't give a fuck about legacy if we're going to feed our grandchildren for the rest of their lives. Your other training partner is fighting Anthony Taylor, is boxing Tyson Fury's brother. Uh, Who? Who? Uh, Anthony Taylor. Pretty boy Anthony? Yeah. He's, he's on the card? Yeah, yeah. He's fighting Tyson. He's boxing Tyson Fury's brother. He's Jake Paul's training partner. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Any, any, how does that make you feel? It made me feel He's excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> One, that's the first time. Two, it, it, it reminds me of Bellator, uh, Doodoo 5000 versus 
Himbo or, or whatever the guy's name was. Um, now, Taylor says he's been paid more to be Jake Paul's training partner than Bellator ever paid him. I'm sure. That's is he being paid to be a training partner or a friend, though? Because it seems like Jake is buying a lot of friends all the time. To be his, according to him, to be his sparring partner. He's getting paid more for sparring sessions with Jake Paul than he's uh, ever made in, uh, in uh, Bellator. Um, now, did you guys watch the fight? Did you, did you watch the UFC fights on Saturday? Kelvin Gastelum? I didn't. Uh, I'm focusing on my own fight. Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, listen, Bubba, I know you're busy. Good luck. Where can people support you? Where can people watch you? Tell us. You can support me by tuning in on ESPN2 on Friday and watching me beat the shell out of some. <laughs> it's Black Boy versus the Frat Boy. <laughs> Weren't you a Frat Boy too? What did you say? Weren't you in a fraternity also? Weren't you a Frat Boy? I was an honorary member of like 50 fraternities. Like they just wanted me to come around because I, I, brought, I brought the party. <laughs> Oh, God. So all the frats, anytime I show up to a frat, they're like, you want to be a brother here? And I'm like, fuck no. They're like, well, we'll just make you an honorary member and you just come every now and I'm uh, like, all right, I can do that. All right, yeah. la uh, last question. Gable Stevenson, how will he do in MMA if he goes to he'll MMA? Kill, he'll kill everyone. <laughs> he, he, has, he has the right body type. He has the right mentality. He has the right um, ultimate craft as the wrestler. He learns how to hit, strike. He can be, I think, honestly, he learns how to strike. He can be Daniel Cormier right now. Right now. Right now. You give, you give Gable Stevenson three to six months of training, he beat Daniel Cormier right now. Even though he doesn't have any jiu-jitsu right now? or You give, Daniel, you give Gable Stevenson three to six months, he beats Daniel Cormier right now. Wow. Wow, wow. You seen, you seen Cormier do some jiu-jitsu? What the fuck are you talking about? But he's been doing it for years. Going out there doing jujitsu. I've been doing it for fifteen. I mean, I see real naked. I mean, the basics. You know, you talking about two wrestlers who? Yeah. I mean, who don't know a real naked choke? My three-year-old knows how to real naked choke the puppy. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows how to real naked choke. No jujitsu. That's pro that's that's survival. Got it. <laughs> got, it. Got, it. got it. Got it. Well, listen, Bubba. Thank you, and uh, good luck on your fight on Friday. All right, big dog. I appreciate the call. I'm glad I could do this for you, Adam. I was going to counsel it, like, but I love me some MMA roasted. <laughs> I love for my man Adam Hunter. I and I knew that I could probably get it done while still getting dressed, so I, I ain't going to worry about it. We got love for, for the MMA roasted podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Bubba. Take care. All right, guys. Appreciate you. All right, Brandon. <laughs> Good luck, buddy, for real. We're rooting for you, man. Good All right, luck. That was, that was Bubba Good luck, brother. National champion wrestler fighting for – a million dollars. What do you think, uh, McCorkle? I'm happy for him, man. It's uh, I don't know when I met uh, I met him. I think around UFC 199. I was out in LA and did your whatever that was. Did your podcast and what does he find out? 145. Yeah. When, when I saw him, you or somebody sent me something, or I saw it online. He pulled up his shirt and had like a 12 pack. I had no idea when I saw him. I thought he weighed like 200 pounds. I don't know what he was fighting for then, but he was kind of chubby then. I was shocked when I saw how in shape he was now, man. So. Uh, was he a lot heavier than he is now? Yeah, he gets up to like 180, 185. Does he? Yeah, but he's, yeah. he looks in shape, man. He looks uh, – I hope he's not too uh, too uh, drawn out because he looks – even now he looks really lean, you know, like in his face or whatever, and you're still several days out. But uh, I was going to ask him. I forgot. I wanted to see 
what his opinion was on what his best fighting weight would be if he had to fight, say, John Jones or somebody. Like, if you had to fight someone bigger than you, what would you feel the best at, you know, weight-wise? Would it be 180? Because I always thought I was a far better fighter at 305 pounds than I was at 265. Like, way better because I didn't have to cut any weight. I could still lift weights and be strong. You know, I just have a really heavy bones, I guess, or like a heavy body type. But it's, uh, that's what Matt Mitrone always said. I would kick Matt's ass in training when I was 300 pounds. But when I got down to 265, I'm walking at, you know, 275, like, week of the fight or whatever. Like, I was terrible. If I tried to spar or do anything, I was just worthless, you know. You're also so, a great athlete, though. I mean, how many, yeah. heavy, how many heavyweights can dunk a basketball you know yeah it just that's what i don't know man i've always uh i was way better a way better fighter not just because i was fighting weaker competition but i felt better i performed better i did everything better at 305 pounds than i did at 265 i'd even walk in at 290 fight 265 but um that was because i really ate a lot of pasta and rehydrated but i mean week of i would be walking around 275 280 and felt terrible as if i was you know 30 pounds heavier i'd have felt much better you know don are you still with us don i think he's frozen um, well, that's the argument that I'm, I was going to make. I was going to – not argument, but I saw a conversation I wanted to have about you with Kelvin Gastelum because I don't know if you watched the fights last week, but Kelvin Gastelum had – is, like, the people's champion. He's a guy yeah. that, like, you, you, he almost missed weight at 185. He came in, like, a quarter pound heavy, which is crazy because he fought at 170 and looked kind of chubby at 170. Mike Dolce said yeah. he could fight at 155. Um, so he came in at 85 and against Jared Cannonier, who's a, a really good fighter, but Kelvin looked like a smaller guy that was fighting a bigger guy. Um, Don has a gun on him right now. <laughs> Don, uh, why are you – he's dressed like a cop with a gun. Don, what, the, what the fuck is going on right now? This podcast. Why can't I see him? That's what I want to know. And I say, so oh, there we go. Don Fry either shows me a leg with a huge hole in him. Um, <laughs> he has a back supporter like I've never seen. Do you see the back supporter he had on him? It was like this thick. <laughs> it was like a, a walking cast. And now he's flashing a gun, but his sound's off. He has, so I guess he, uh, it's a silencer, I guess. It's also, it, kind of, it took away his, his sound. Uh, Don, Don, why do you have a gun on you? Uh, who, who's driving the car? Where are you going? Why are you dressed like an army ranger? Uh, just, there's all kinds of questions we have. I don't know if we're ever going to know because Don can't figure out how to put the sound on his phone. But uh, where do you think Don is going right now, Sean? I don't know. I thought he was going to go look for, uh, what's his name, to Master Robin and T.A. because he looks like Magnum P.I. Ah. I had a buddy one time that grew a mustache, um, and uh, he, he didn't look like Don, but he had a mustache like Don's, and I used to call him Magnum C.S., and uh, – he always wondered what the CS was for. I think it's pretty obvious, but um, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. You can only imagine what Don's doing. I wish I were there to be part of it though. Cause I'm sure it's going to be entertaining regardless. Don, where are you going and why do you have a gun? Going down to the post office. So, you know, I got to be armed when you ever go to the post office. Just in case one of those guys go postal, you know, they go nuts. <laughs> So you're driving to the post office and you have a gun on you. That, that's that's legal in Arizona, right? Yeah, 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 that's legal in Arizona. Uh, Sean, do you carry a gun with you too everywhere you go to the post office? Uh, not everywhere I go, but not on my body necessarily. Like I have one in my car all the time. I actually um, took my AR-15 and two pistols to Florida, and I thought I was going to get pulled over at some point. Like I was flying on the interstate. 
coming back. And I started laughing, thinking you're supposed to tell a cop that you got a gun and get shot. Yeah. You know, especially since I lost my white privilege. But, um, yeah, like I, uh, I, I was sitting there thinking, since the whole world's going crazy, man, I, I take a gun, like a rifle, extra ammo, everything, because I never don't want to get stranded in the middle of nowhere. You know, like with this, the world, how crazy it is, man. Things have gone nuts. And I was driving on the Mexican border one time with my girlfriend and got followed by uh, five guys in the middle of nowhere in the desert, followed by five guys uh, who looked like half Mexican, half Indian, unless that's an oxymoron. But uh, they look like, you know, Native American and uh, Mexican tattoos all over their face, like MS-13 guys look like. And they uh, were literally following us for three hours. And if we slowed down, they slowed down. If we started to pull over, they, there was no exits out there. It's in the middle of nowhere. And I had no gun, no anything. And uh, I was like, uh, I didn't know if I was going to have to fight them, offer them a job, you what? I didn't know what, I was gonna, what we were going to do. But, uh, yeah, we ended up, I ended up getting away from it. I had no doubt they were trying to rob us, like for sure, trying to rob us. I like so. how Don doesn't know how to use speaker on his phone, so we have to see his cauliflower ear when somebody else talks. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to use speakers, so we have to look at the inside of his ears uh, uh, while you're talking. Uh, I notice his sideburns look just like his mustache, too, so I can't tell what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Probably his girlfriend's beaver. Um, so, what are we talking about? So, what do you think about Calvin Gaston, though, Sean? <laughs> Man, I was, uh, I lost, the guys on the listeners love to hear it. I lost again because of Kelvin Gaston. It's like the fourth fight in a row. He's cost me a bunch of parlays. That dude, man, I don't know. I'm not, I obviously shouldn't be the guy out there saying, hey, you need to get in shape or how in shape I am. But man, I, if he could get to 170 and make it easy and really be in shape, like, I don't know. I don't know if he's considered liposuction, man. I mean, he's got bad genetics when it comes to like carrying fat or whatever. But if he, uh, he could be the champ, if he can make 155, he murdered almost every. I mean, I, he almost beat out of Sonya, you know? Like, so I think he would kill anybody at 155. Um, I can't imagine he wouldn't dominate at 170. He can, that dude can fight, man. He just can't come in and shake, you know? I don't know. Well, it's just harder to knock out those guys that are walking around at 220 pounds, 215. Yeah. You know, I mean, his, pow his power is only going to carry you so far. And, you know, well, the thing that's crazy, too, they always said that Roy Nelson would need to lose weight, but I didn't know that Roy Nelson – Roy Nelson used his weight. When he was on the ground, he held guys down. His power a lot came from it. I don't know that Gaslam really uses his weight necessarily to uh, fight, so if he could actually find a way to get in shape and really – I mean, man, I don't know. When I was – I had no trouble losing. I lost 70 pounds in seven weeks for my UFC debut because I was thinking about the horror of millions of people watching me get my ass kicked on TV because I was too tired to fight, and that – that made it easy for me to eat healthy, you know, or the embarrassment of not making weight, you know, like it, uh, to me, that would be, I still have, I never miss weight, but I still have nightmares that I'm not going to make the weight in the UFC and that everyone's going to like, you know. Uh, 265. If you can't, you can't make 265. Yeah, that'd be something to laugh at. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what, uh, I actually cut extra weight from my UFC to do because everybody on the underground was saying there's no way I could make it. I was, you know, I couldn't lose 70 pounds in seven weeks. So I actually cut a couple extra just so I could really stick it in their faces. So. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, that uh, the, uh, did you watch the Parker Porter fight versus Chase Sherman? Uh, yeah, I did see uh, some. I saw the last, I guess, round and a half. Chase Sherman's also a guy, a good fighter, but you got to have a, like a, you got to have plan B. You know, it's yeah. not, sometimes it's obvious when plan A is not working that you got to have a plan B. And it seems like he didn't yeah. have a plan B. His plan, it was just, you know, stay in the pocket. Man, he's, I'll tell you what, Chase is a buddy of mine, man. I've seen him fight, uh, like, at smaller shows. He's a really good guy, really nice guy. I don't know what happened to his kicks. He used to, I saw him fight locally. His kicks, man, it was like a horse. 
Like, he really – I mean, his leg kicks were brutal, and I haven't seen him doing it very much, you know, not on the UFC level. I mean, he does it here and there, but, like, on the local level, I mean, he was crippling guys, kicking them once or twice leg over just falling, you know. He, uh, he can kick. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's uh, – I was I'm really rooting for him. I thought I got fucked was uh, Clay Guida. I thought Clay Guida won round one and two. Um, yeah. Yeah. That guy, Michael Madsen, I mean, that guy obviously is a great fighter, great Greco-Roman fighter, but it does seem like he is a good fighter where he knows how to box, he knows how to wrestle, probably knows how to do jiu-jitsu, but he can't seem to put them all together. You know, it's kind of like Aaron Pico had yeah. that problem. He's only had 10 fights. He's still kind of young in the game. I know he's 37, but he's still young in the game. But it seemed like if he couldn't get throw you, his strategy, when he didn't know what to do. And I thought Clay won that fight. Did you, Don? Yeah, I thought Clay won the fight, too, um, you know, completely. And uh, I think uh, the other guy, uh, what's his name? Madsen. Madsen, yeah, yeah, I mean, he had a real good heartbreaking story, you know, about his wife and his life and all that. You know, but uh, that's not supposed to win you the fights, you know, the fighting is supposed to win you the fights. Now, I'll tell you the most impressive thing about Guida is he's only got six hairs, like, on his head, but he just grows them three miles long and wraps them all around. <laughs> the minute he gets sweaty, man, he has a bald spot bigger than my whole head. It's the most amazing thing ever, but at least his older brother doesn't suck real bad. Yeah, I know you hate his brother. Now, Don, what, God, would, that dude sucks, man. Don, what would you tell Clay – I mean, what would you tell Kelvin Gastelum if you were his coach? I'd, I'd tell him lose some goddamn weight, you know? Um he looks – I mean, he's got the conditioning. He's got the same problem as Josh Barnett. You know, he's, he's got good technical skills. He's got good strength, um, quality speed. But, you know, the, the, the body just ain't there. You know, just – it doesn't look like uh, he's an athlete. But, I mean, you know, he is. He's a great athlete. He's a great fighter, but he's just not putting it together. And I, I tell him, uh, you, got, you know, lose weight uh, to go down next weight class or else turn that fat into muscle. Right. I mean, how do you make a guy that doesn't want to lose weight lose weight? I mean, how do you? I think if you're UFC, you cut him and tell him if he wants to come back at 170 in shape. <laughs> I mean, that would probably motivate him. But uh, he can fight. I got a great Josh Barnett story real quick if you want to hear it. Sure. So – um, when I first fought in the UFC or whatever, like, of course, my interviews were awesome and everybody's laughing. No one knew who I was before that. So, you know, there's a lot of weirdos online who will call themselves like Conor McGregor, but it's not really him, you know, like, they'll, yeah. just like weirdos on Facebook. So there was a guy that had like a Japanese emoji as his, as his thing. His name was Josh Barnett and he only had like 200 friends. And so he hits me up after the, my fights. Like, dude, first off, you're hilarious. You cracked me up, you know, blah, blah, blah. He said, secondly, if you ever want to train, with me, I can show you a lot of stuff and this and that. And, uh, you know, like, I'd love to get together when you come fight in Seattle or whatever. I was going to fight her out, you know, West or whatever. And I was like, hey, man, I really appreciate my fan support. I was like, but, uh, you know, I like to train with my own team. Like, no offense. I thought he's just some dude calling himself Josh Barnett. Because he only had 200 friends, no pictures of Josh Barnett on there. And so uh, he got real offended, I guess. Like, I told him, hey, I appreciate my fans. If you want an autograph, I'll send you one. And I know Josh Barnett's like, who the hell is this kid thinking I want his autograph, you know? So, um, Months later, a year later, I'm at a club, and uh, my agent hits me up and says, hey, be careful, Josh Barnett's here tonight. And I was like, why would I be careful? And he goes, you know, he hates you, right? And I was like, Josh Barnett hates me? He goes, yeah. I said, why? He goes, I guess you blew him off the set. I said, dude, I've never even talked to Josh Barnett. 
Um, he's like, no, dude, he hates your guts. Like, and he told me if he sees you, he's punching you in the face and this and that or whatever. I had no idea why. So um, later on, like my agent said, I guess you turned him down training. And it clicked later on, like, you know, a month later. I was like, wait, was that Josh Barnett that actually hit me up a year ago? And I realized it was actually him. It was the funniest thing ever. He didn't believe me for months. Didn't believe me. I kept saying, dude, I swear it. Oh, you were all cocky because you beat Mark Hunt. You thought you were going to do this. And I said, dude, I swear I didn't know it was you. And it was, but yeah, he thought I was telling, hey, I'll send you an autograph, Josh. Like here he is an MMA legend, you know, like I'll send you an autograph. You want one? I did win a fight in UFC. So that was one of my favorite. I did, I did an interview with him and Mark Kerr and it was one of my favorite podcasts. Josh Barnett told me back in the day, like you said, he couldn't get anybody to sing with him. So he would, he would find like the biggest guy he saw on MySpace and be like, hey, you want to, you want to spar tomorrow? And they went to the local Y and they would just punch each other in the face. <laughs> and he had fights in the weight room. Like, and kids would be having like swimming lessons downstairs and they would look up and see two fucking behemoths like punching each other in the face in the fucking weight room. I heard that's how Dominic Cruz got his starting MMA too. He was looking for real big guys online. He was like, hey, you want to roll around with me at the gym? And they were like, what? So, I don't Dominic know. I think Cruz it turned into. is not gay. Uh, if, if he was, that would be fine. <laughs> But I've right. seen with some of the hottest women in the world. Yeah, uh, like Bruce Buffer. He's always with women, too. But so, it's at a gay bar, but he's with a woman. So, so I'll tell you um, a couple other things. Uh, that guy, Baja Mendez, you see that, that that spinning wheel kick at the end to knock out? Golly, man, yeah. That was something else, man. I mean, was that just perfect or what? I never thought – I literally never thought we'd get to a point where things like that landed in UFC fights, that Hollywood stuff, man. But guys – you know, Cain Velasquez almost landed two against uh, Travis Brown back in the day, getting to be where the guys are getting real – I mean, that's amazing to me, man. I can't even throw a regular kick, let alone something like that, you know? So. Uh, Don Fry never took through a kick before in his life and entered the K-1 tournament against the champion. <laughs> and, took, and took 19 – you, you said you never threw a kick in your life, and then you fought Jerome Banner, right? Yeah, real dumb move on my part, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then and he took like a, you took a handful of painkillers and went in there. Yeah, I was flying high, boy. I was flying high before, during, and after the fight. <laughs> I had a, a probably a good one on the same subject. So when I went and fought in Japan, I took a fight on 30 hours notice against Satoshi Ishii. Yeah. They shorted me 20 grand. They were supposed to pay me. They only paid me 15. Supposed to be 35. Um, but afterward, I got poked in the eye real bad. And I couldn't see and they wouldn't take me. They just kept saying, oh, you go to the doctor, you pay. And the guy was white. And I was like, why are you talking like that? No, but um, they uh, suddenly they didn't speak English anymore. And I told him I need to go to the hospital. I said, no, I can't see it on my eye. And so they had some guy come and look. And he says, the doctor, he comes and looks and goes, ah, it's okay. Like that was like no light, no, you see my finger, nothing, you know? So um, afterward, somebody who looked just like Bob Sapp was there. And uh, I said, dude, man, my eyes kill me. He goes, here, take a couple of these and hand me like a handful of pills, right? Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what it was. And at the time, I'd never taken painkillers. So I didn't know. He goes, careful, those are uh, tens. And I also didn't know what that meant. Like tens, you know, whatever. I was like, okay, so he meant 10 milligram oxycodone, I guess. So I take like five or six of them, having never taken pain pills before. I'm thinking it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I didn't think he would just have narcotics just in his pocket, you know, or whatever. So I just took whatever he gave me. And so an hour later, I find myself, you know who uh, the Anoki guy is, the famous pro yeah. wrestler yeah. Uh, in Japan? He's like, a, he's a guy that did a wrestling match against Muhammad Ali or something. And apparently it's his promotion. And it was his birthday. And I was up giving a speech 
at his birthday in English to a bunch of Japanese people about how he had always been my hero. And like I, you know, always looked up to him ever since he beat Ali and, you know, he would have beat Hulk Hogan and everybody. They would have loved the speech if they could have understood any of it. But apparently I was just supposed to stand up there with the rest of the fighters to honor him or whatever. But I, for whatever reason, five Perkins that will do that to you. I go walk up, just grab the microphone and start talking about a note and making up lies that never happened. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's always been my hero and this and that. And eventually somebody just came and took the microphone from me and walked back and then they just continued speaking Japanese. But uh, yeah, that that's, was embarrassing. That's hilarious. Does anybody have a copy of that speech? Dude, I hope not. I, I It was bad. I just remember when, when I got into line about how I was watching the fight with Muhammad Ali and then realized it happened before I was born. I was like, <laughs> I remember watching that fight thinking, man, I wish Ali would just be a man and wrestle with him and this and that. And I think it happened like in 73 or 68 or something. So like, I'm uh, yeah, I'm saying all this and it was just, I remember everyone was just staring at me with these blank stares. And then like afterward, the guy that was my translator said, you were just supposed to stand up there. We weren't doing like speeches. And I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> now, now Don, don't you have a coach uh, that says to you, hey man, you've never done kickboxing before. You don't know how to throw a kick. We probably shouldn't fight the best guy in the world with this. Nah, they pretty much, you know, I I had walked away, you know, until that fight Takayama, and we both got beat up in that fight. You know, he, he took my soul, you know, fuck. And um, so I just sat on the back porch, smoked cigars, and drank tequila, you know. And uh, when, when they, they offered me some money, and I said no, and then they offered me more money, I said no. And they offered me more money. I said, I think about it. And then they offered me more money. I said, okay. And then they, I was supposed to fight Mark Hunt. So they swapped, you know, fighters, which Fry did all the time. And they gave me more money. So I was like, hey, that's great. So I was celebrating before the fight, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Also, uh, last week, Brian Kelleher, uh, this guy's a tough guy. Everyone keeps sleeping on him, and he keeps wanting Sean O'Malley. Give him O'Malley. Uh, he's going to talk a lot of shit about O'Malley. It's a good fight for O'Malley, and if he could beat Kelleher, I, that's a legit, legit opponent who's in his prime. So why not? You know, um, and I could I, I give him that fight. But the William Knight fight, what about that guy who was backing up and knocked the guy out with a stiff – you watch that, Sean? I didn't see that one. No, I didn't see oh. it. The guy, you know how Chuck Liddell used to knock people out while, while backing up? Like he was yeah. the only guy. This guy did it. It looked like he almost like, he didn't even like turn his punch. Just like, just straight, this huge black dude, just like with like 0% body fat against another guy that has 0% body fat. It was, it was crazy. It was doesn't matter what color he was. but uh, Yeah, he was crazy. I think he's from New England too. The guy's a, a badass. <laughs> Um, and then uh, Trevin Jones got choked out. Herb Dean was late again on the stoppage. Um, yeah, way late, way late. I think he was over there taking a nap on the other side of the cage. Maybe he was just on black people time. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're, I yeah. did find everybody's race now. So. Oh, God. All right. We're, uh, all right. Now, in Bellator, uh, Czech Congo um, won against Karatinov, but was getting his ass kicked. He looked like he didn't even want to be there. You watched that fight, Sean? Uh, no, but I would have. I would have thought a hundred times out of hundred that Karatanov would beat him. I, I couldn't believe. Chad Congo has like a deal with Bellator. I don't know what it is. Like he doesn't have to 
fight in the tournaments. He, they just give him bum after bum. And he's like, he was on one point like a 12 fight win streak against guys no one had ever heard of. And yeah. I offered Bellator that same deal with me and they didn't do it. Like I told Bellator, when I got left UFC, I would fight for $5,000 a fight if they would fight me five times a year and I wanted to pick my opponents. And uh, I just wanted to go on like a 15 fight winning streak and uh, they were having none of it, but they give the deal to Chip Congo. So. so well, so Congo won. I mean, he was getting his ass kicked to the point where he was like <laughs> turning away, almost looked like he didn't want to be there. And then all of a sudden, he just got a takedown and just beat the shit out of Caratino. I mean, it was something that went off. Uh, and then Logan Storley, who was a, like a four-time All-American wrestler, he beat a guy Dante Chiro. And th- there's a new thing now where guys win, but they don't. W- but they don't win like in the fashion they want to win, and then they apologize to the crowd. Like, you, you would have swore this guy lost this fight. He just said, I'm sorry, that's not me. I'll do, I'll do better next time. And, like, I'm, and you're like, dude, you won. Like, like not, you're not going to beat everybody, like, knock everybody out. I, I, I even said to him, I said, listen, the guy you fought, fought not to lose. And you fought to win. And a lot of times when that happens, you have a boring fight. You know, you a guy kind of just wants to hang in there. And uh, I, I Have you ever apologized after one of your sets? Adam, like if it was terrible, if you're told the crowd, by the way, I'm sorry I sucked tonight or whatever. I don't apologize to the crowd. I mean, but I'll say it to like my friends. Like, I'll be like, man, I yeah. fuck, like, I, like, like, that's what I'm saying. I'll say it to like my buddy. I won't say it to everybody. Like, sorry, I'm off tonight because right. a lot of people don't think you're off. Um, and then now you're convincing them that you were off. So somebody, yeah. who, somebody who might've thought you did fine is now like, ah, this guy sucks. No one's going to be like, you were great. Even though he said he sucked. It takes a certain amount, of, certain type of person right. to do that. Um, Plus, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess if, if comedians start apologizing for the performances, Brendan Schaub's sets would all have to be cut way shorter because he'd have to plan that in uh, for the aftermath of every set he does. So, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, Don, did you ever apologize for your performance after a win? No, fuck no. Why, why would you? You know, I tell him I planned it that way. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even even if you thought you could have done better, right? You still wouldn't apologize. Fuck no. I'm happy to get the win, get the hell out of there. You showing you? Yeah, no, man. It's uh, The only time I ever apologized, I did say uh, after a fight one time, sorry it didn't last longer because I beat the guy really fast. I said, sorry <laughs> to everybody that came out, it didn't last longer. And that's actually the third time I've said that this week, and nobody got it. <laughs> so, Dude, um, the, the awkwardness of, like, you in interviews – like, <laughs> Corkle, you're one of those people that, like, like, dude, there, there's a comic that I know who's insane. This comic I know, Joel Lindley. Uh, this is his way of picking up girls. I, I don't even know if he wants me to tell this, but he would, like, he, he got some hot chick that he knew to take pictures with him on Facebook, right? And they'd take right. all these pictures of him. And he would, uh, he, he, like, would then, like, go to a town and be, like, start hitting on a girl. Like, hey, I'm going to be in your town, this whatever, blah, 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 you want to hang out later. Then he would hit the girl up from that girl and be like, hey, my boyfriend's going to be in town this week. You're his type. Uh, we have an agreement where you could, like, have, you could blow him, but just don't have sex with him. And then he said nine out of ten times he would fuck the girl. And they'd be like, and they'd be like hey, don't tell me <laughs> or something. Just, just out of defiance? <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Nobody tells me what to do and start sucking a dick. Yeah, yeah. Then, like, he has a whole website. You know how people, like, like people from Nigeria, they're like, hey, send me a picture. Uh, uh, you know, you won $10 million coming to you. Right. So he would answer them back and be like, listen, I'll give you the money. Here's a picture of the check. But I need a picture of you holding your friend's penis, right? And then right. he had a whole website 
of people from Nigeria doing gay shit with each other, like holding each other's cocks, like 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 ten guys in a pyramid, like just naked, like jerking off. And he like it's in, and he does it all for his own entertainment. Like it's not like right. he's not gonna get paid for this. Like he's just Bruce Buffer did the same thing, but he never got a website. Right, right, <laughs> never right. Set up a website. He was just like, hey, it's just a joke. So in the PFL, I, I just I'm just ignoring that. Bruce Buffer like made like a wedding video for me, man. Like it's just so nice. So in the PFL, Kayla Harrison uh, is just running through everybody. I mean, literally, she's never lost a round. I don't think she's ever lost thirty seconds of a round. Wait, what and, was she? I knew she was an Olympian or something before, right? Wasn't she an Olympian wrestler, or boxer, or what? Two-time gold medalist in judo, and judo. I thought I thought she was a boxer. Okay. Uh, Clarissa Shields is the boxer, two-time gold medalist. Okay, okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And she trains with Amanda Nunez. After the fight, Cyborg hit her up. Cyborg said, we should do this. And she wrote back, sorry, but you can't beat me. Um, I don't know. I mean, this girl, they may have to start putting two girls against one against her. Because it's like, it's not even competitive. She's going to win the million dollars again. She must be like a 21 favorite. The only girl that actually was sort of, would have been a challenge, it looks like, missed weight by two pounds. So she's out of the so she's out of the out of the, the uh, tournament, but uh, it's it's weird, right? I mean, she's just running through fucking everybody, this girl. So uh, I mean, it's not that weird because it's how many girls do you know are one hundred and forty five pounds, just monster athletes. A lot of times, you know, maybe she'd have more competition at one twenty five or one thirty five, but she's just bigger. She's bigger. Yeah. And uh, and Don, you you always said that you think judo is the most important martial art. Judo and wrestling, yeah. I would say judo, wrestling, Muay Thai. You combine those three, you got a winning combination. Well, this girl is uh, proving you right. So, uh, PFL this week, obviously we got um, uh, Brendan Launan is taking on Mavlid Kabalayev, who's 17-0. and 0. This guy, Brendan, is a really good fighter uh, as well. And then we got Bubba Jenkins, Chris Wade. We got Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr. against Emiliano Sordai. Should be a really good fight. Chris Camozzi on the undercard. He's a guy who got screwed. He, he didn't make the playoffs, but he should have. He's fighting Corey Hendricks. Jason Knight is in the PFL now. Your boy, Hick Diaz. Um, he's, huh. like, he, he's fighting Bobby Moffitt, who Bubba just beat, but it was a really good fight. So, yeah, the, uh, that's all going on. But PFL is so fucking weird. They have, a, they have the playoffs, and then they have five fights of people who aren't in the playoffs. Yeah. So, you don't even know. So they're fighting to make the playoffs next year. Um, which I guess they got to fill the card somehow. I want to know whose money they're losing, man, because there's no way. There's no way they're paying what they're paying, signing the guys they're signing, doing all that stuff, and then not, don't have pay-per-view, don't have a, a firm TV deal. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, and I don't they're know. hiring guys like Wiz Khalifa, Mike Tyson. Uh, they have these spokesmen. Ray Lewis was a spokesman this year. I don't know yeah. what I, I don't know what he even did. He just showed up to fight. So, mostly murderers and rapists for their spokesman. <laughs> All right, uh, and, and Vic, <laughs> talking about killing people, you know. <laughs> they got OJ Simpson's going to be the spokesperson. Uh, OJ's doing something for them. Um, so, uh, an Invicta this week, Danielle Taylor, uh, eleven and five. She was in the UFC. She was a pretty good fighter. She's kind of a point boxer though. Didn't really. She's fighting Emily Ducott uh, and Serena DeJuzis, who is, has autism. 
Um, and because uh, I've been to a bunch of my fight, a bunch of my shows, my fights. A uh, really, really nice person. Uh, she's fighting Lauren Mueller, who's a smoke show hottie. Uh, so that should be. She's also a good fighter. In the UFC this week, Edson Barboza. We know who he is, right, Don Fry? I'm looking right at Don's zit, by the way. Uh, you have a great uh, <laughs> zit that I'm looking at on, on like your chin. Um, or maybe as a bullet wound. I, I don't know. Maybe he shot himself during the podcast. Uh, he's fighting Giga Giganti, uh, who is a f another murderer, this guy. These two, they, they, they did really good. They got two amazing kickboxers, Muay Thai guys, in the main event. Who do we like at this one, Sean? I haven't seen either of them fight, so I can tell you, man. I don't know. All right. Uh, Giga, I think Giga's going to win. Barboza's good, but I feel like he's a little bit uh, past his prime. Uh, oh, I have seen Barbosa fight. My bad. I thought we were. Uh, thought you moved on from that fight. I got. I got mesmerized by his, his looking for his zit. You were talking about Don's chin and lost my train of thought. Like all I see is a mustache. And then it's uh, he moved the phone. And then on the uh, it's a two Ultimate Fighter uh, finale fights. Uh, Kevin Lee is fighting Daniel Rodriguez. D Rod, you know who that guy is. He's a guy that has 1986 tattoo. He's like all tatted up. He's a fucking monster, this guy. He's 15-2. Yeah. He's coming off a win over – well, he beat Preston Parsons. He beat Mike Perry. One of them was 30-26. He lost to Nicholas Dalby. He beat Dwight Grant. He knocked out Tim Means – or beat Tim Means by standing guillotine. Uh, and he beat Gabe Green. So his only loss was against Nicholas Dalby. Um, and is, he's fighting Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee is a guy who – uh, you know, we know we know Kevin Lee. He's a guy that like could beat anybody at any time. He's coming off a loss to Charles Oliveira. He he beat Gregor Gillespie. He lost to Dos Anjos. Lost to Ally Quinta. He knocked. He out was on the Tough Finale. Yeah, the Tough Finale. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know they were still doing that show. Yeah. Did you say? Did you say he's a guy who could beat any guy at any time? But he's coming off a loss. Well, he's one of those dudes that has the potential. Uh, to beat anybody at a time, but but he some but he a lot of times folds in like these like the big ones, like he's he's lost to the main guys, but like he's one of those dudes that I don't know. Have you ever had a guy like that, like an like a Kevin Randleman type athlete, where in the right night could beat anybody? Um, I mean, I, I I wouldn't even compare Kevin Lee to Randleman. Randleman's a hall. Yeah, there's only one. There's only one Kevin Randleman. Yeah, Kevin, I mean Randleman's a hall of famer. But you know, what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say, like, and, and the, like. Yeah, no, I know. What you, yeah, they, they, we had guys too, man. Um, there were always guys like I. I got a guy, um, Tristan Yunker, beat Clay Guida before Guida was in the UFC, and then he would lose to the worst fighter ever the next fight. Then he would beat like John Halverson, like another UFC dude, then lose to the worst fighter ever. Like you never, you never knew which version was showing up. He was either UFC level or local club level, and it just and it would, when his trainer they had just whatever he showed up with that night. You know what I mean? Like some nights he was into it. Some nights he wasn't. It's kind of like those guys. There's a lot of guys in gyms that can beat everybody up, but then they get in a fight and they can't in front of the crowd. They can't do it. You know, like in a gym, they're awesome. And I think sometimes that has something to do with it too. You know, like they just mentally aren't there when it's time to fight. So, uh, Don, Don, do you know a lot of guys like that? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, them. you know, they're world national champions in the gym, but they get in front of people, they freeze. You know, I'm the opposite. You know, I, I can perform better in front of a crowd, but in the gym, I'll take a beating. You know? <laughs> it's just, to me, it's just uh, you're there to learn and uh, you know get better. So you've got to you've got to try new shit and you try new stuff. You're gonna take some lumps. Yeah, 
Also, uh, Gerald Mearshart is on the card. There's a guy who, like, he, he's a professional trumpet player or, like, tuba player. He was, like, he's, like, a legit – yeah, in college he was in the band. And then he didn't start fighting until afterwards. And now he's 32 and 14. Um, he won his last fight. He lost to Chemayev in 17 seconds. Lost to Ian right. Heinrich. He beat Darren Wynn. Lost to Eric Anders. Lost to Kevin Holland. Lost to Jack Hermanson. Beat Eric Spicely. Lost to Thiago Santos. He loses to like the the top top guys, but um, he he's a, you would never know he was a fighter. Like you think he was a band member when he came to like my show. I was making fun of him being a nerd, blah blah. blah. I, I just kept making fun of him. Like, oh, what do you do? He's like, I'm in the UFC. I was like, what? <laughs> like, but, um, did he have a trumpet with him at the time? Yeah, he had a trumpet with him. But they, they're That's giving awesome. him a guy from Uzbekistan named Mahmoud Muradov, uh, who's coming off a win over Andrew Sanchez. Went over Trevor Smith, went over Alicio Dechik. Certain guys, they just give the hardest fucking fights to. Um, <laughs> like, like, I don't know if these guys are just saying yes to anybody. Because there's no way when they said, who do you want to fight next? He put Mahmoud Muradov on the list. Uh, but <laughs> the UFC is just like, fuck it. You know, um, I love guys like that. I love when guys like that prove everybody wrong. That's, that, that's my favorite. Like when Cub Swanson beat Chrome Gracie. And uh, that, that was just – I was so happy about that. I hate when they – I hate when the UFC says, we're going to be – you're going to be the stepping stone. And they're like, nope, not yet. You know, Derek Brunson's kind of been that guy lately where they just kept throwing guys at him that, like, we're going to shine. And he's like, nope. Uh, did they do that back in the day, Don? Did they give guys – like, certain guys just the hardest opponents? Of course. Of course. So they're trying to get their favorites, you know, into the finals. Yeah. So yeah, they they would pad it, you know. I mean, shit. Look at look at the fights when Gracie was in it, you know. I mean, they were all over the hill stand up fighters who knew nothing about the groundwork. And, yeah, I mean, uh, one of them wore you know, a boxing glove. Right. And once you know, the world, the guy I was thinking of that guy's a trumpet player. If he wins the title, he'd be like one of the first guys to play an instrument um, professionally that uh, would be UFC champ. But then I remembered uh, Dominic Cruz plays the skin flute. I knew so that was coming. I, I knew I could have that joke. I, the I, second. I, I know. I know. I could see you trying to word it, and I could see the evil fucking smirk on your face, and like, and then I see that you being proud of yourself when you write it. It's such all a- at once. You saw all that at once, huh? All of it. Uh, Sam Alvey is fighting again. Sam Alvey, who's thirty-three and fifteen, he has like five kids. This dude, uh, two of them he adopted. Uh, he adopted two kids. Uh, and and they're all staying like yeah he probably got tired. <laughs> he like <laughs> he bought a ranch and like I think his wife who's like a model she was like on America's Next Top Model she's beautiful redhead I think she's watching all the kids like six of them or I don't know how many kids he has he has a lot of kids uh, he's coming off a loss to Julian Marquez he's he's lost four he's lost six in a row one two three four five he's had a six fight losing streak Sam Alvey. Uh, so he's got to he's got to win this fight. Um, apparently, it's good to know he'll uh, be fighting either way because he apparently doesn't know how to pull out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Sam Alvey is fighting Wellington Terman, a guy named. I mean, I think you have to be a fighter if your name is Wellington, right? Uh, <laughs> that or a butler. <laughs> what, what's going on there? Sure, ballet, maybe. <laughs> he's he's lost two in a row. Uh, he's been knocked out twice in the first round. Uh, to Bruno Silva, Andrew Sanchez. So they're giving Sam a guy that he can knock out. Sam Alvey is one of those awkward guys 
that's so hard to look good against. Even guys that beat him, you could almost argue that he won the fight because he's just like slow, but it works for him. Um, so, and then Darren Stewart, the dentist from England, is fighting Dustin Jacoby, uh, who I think was like a in glory, amazing kickboxer. It took like a long a time. Dentist, a dentist from England. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a black. <laughs> I don't believe that one. I don't. Believe he's he's, he's a black dentist from England. Um. So, and then J.J. Aldrich is fighting Vanessa Demopoulos, who I believe is an exotic dancer. Uh, her name is Little Monster. Um, Isn't it amazing how, like, all professional fighters, it's like the WWE and back in the day, they have to have a career on the side. So, like, you had, like, I don't know, like, uh, the big boss man was a, was a cop or a security guard and a wrestler. And then, like, you had, like, IRS was an IRS agent, Erwin R. Scheister, but he also wrestled. It's kind of like... Except for the WWE, it was a gimmick. In the UFC, it's called making a living. Like you have to, you have to still have a job besides fighting. Yeah, well, she's been a stripper for thirteen years, um, uh, but she, but she left stripper life uh, in two thousand twenty to become a pro fighter. Uh, I think that would be a funny gimmick. Like, she, like imagine she knocks a girl out and like makes it rain on her thing, or like she chokes her out. Million dollar man <laughs> puts a hundred dollar bill in her mouth. <laughs> or like she, she puts her to sleep and then gives her a lap dance, you know, afterwards. Yeah. Like she's in the, like the girl lying there just like, um, and then all of a sudden she starts grinding on her leg, uh, you know, or it's like steals her boyfriend. Don't you think that Bruce Buffer has to sit there and pretend like he's turned on by it? <laughs> sit there and be like, yeah, I really like that. Why did he have to come into this joke? I'm just saying like, like, I think, I think the stripper could be a funny, I think that's going to be a good gimmick, no? You know, like yeah. the, so. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody likes my ideas. All right. Uh, and then Jamal Emmers. Jamal, pretty boy, Emmers is fighting. Uh, he lost to Jigga in a split decision. Uh, he's coming off of a win over Vince Cachero. Good fighter. Really good fighter. Uh, he's fighting against Pat Sabatini. Now, uh, I got to say, Don Fry, last week the fights were on ESPN Plus, and you still watched them. How did this happen? Beat the hell out of me. I just didn't know what that, you know, that they were on that channel or else I wouldn't have watched it. I wait, got, wait, so lied. you had the channel the whole time? No. I have TV. I go over to my friend's house and watch it at his house. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Can you go to your friend's house again on Saturday? Uh, why? What are you offering, sweetheart? <laughs> well, it just seems like it's a lot more fun talking about fights when you've watched it. <laughs> does make it more interesting, does it? Well, I could, well, I could actually. Get it, I don't have to explain the fight to you, and then have you give the summary of, uh, of of my bad summary. So now it's like a third person. It's, but when you've actually seen it, I could actually, you know, I want to hear your expertise. You have. Yeah, then again, Don, the fight Don recently went to, he didn't remember any of the fights. So that's what <laughs> was odd. He went to a UFC. Was like, yeah, I don't remember. Like. Uh, <laughs> It's true. <laughs> well, half the fights he was in it, as I remember. So, I mean, that's he's actually in the fight. So, that's that's true, you know. Anyway. Uh, Are you supposed to remember him? Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, but uh, but we never actually – so, did, after, last week, your internet was so bad, we never got the Vader story. You were supposed to wrestle Vader. Uh, he was mad because you were going too hard on him. Is that what happened? No. No, he, he just – he didn't want to. He didn't want. He didn't want to do the job. 
you know, the way they wanted him to do the job. So he, he just laid down, you know. He just took a shit in the ring there and, you know, refused to, refused to dance. So, you know, I, I had no choice but to, you know, I, I was forced to, to work hard, you know. I mean, God, the guy's 400, 500 fucking pounds, you know, if he's not going to, He's not gonna lift, give a little lift. You know, you gotta go hard at it. Now, was he mad because you weren't like a professional wrestler? He, you were an MMA fighter, and he thought you were kind of didn't deserve to be there, kind of thing. I have fuck. I have no idea what his excuse was. You know, I mean, he used to be the shit over there in Japan, and the same thing for the states. You know, and now he's he now they're hiring to do jobs, so he just. You know, some guys never get over um, that there's a change. You know, yeah. new people are coming in, old people are going out. Dude, I've, I've been watching those A&E biographies about wrestlers. Holy shit. First of all, Shawn Michaels partied like I've never seen. I mean, the amount of cocaine that guy did and partying and drinking and girls, but yet still would go in and wrestle every day like a fucking champion. Like, that's impressive just – on that, like, damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I watched the one on Bret Hart, where Bret Hart knocked out Vince McMahon. You see that one, uh, McCorkle? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. I know that story from that uh, from that movie that was about the WWE show. Vince with a black eye walking right after a uh, right Dude, after he's he like wobbling, him. like he doesn't know yeah. what. I mean, he's. I mean, and Bret said he hit him as hard as he could. I mean, Bret Hart was a pretty damn good athlete. Uh, yeah, he was. He was a great wrestler. Did you ever wrestle him, Don? No, no, I wish, but no, I never did. Where did you hear about him? What do you mean? Like, like, did the other wrestlers like him? Well, of course, some do, but others, I mean, it's like uh, jealousy, you know, the, the pretty, pretty girl in school or a pretty cheerleader, you know, they hate her. You know, the, the girl just happens to have big tits, you know. Oh, she's a filthy slut. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> it's not her fault. She's got double Ds and you got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but it seemed, yeah, it seemed like Brett, like, it seemed like the, like the whole clique that was going on between Shawn Michaels and uh, Triple H and then Razor Ramon and uh, Diesel, the big sexy, they, they like thought they were the shit. And they didn't include a lot of other wrestlers. And then yeah. they, they would kind of like had Vince's ear and this and that. And Brett didn't seem like he was a real click kind of guy. So. No, no. Oh, Brett's old school wrestling. You know, I mean, he's second, third generation, and he's old school. And, you know, you got to pay your duels, your dues. And, you know, instead of fucking buddying up with somebody to get uh, promoted, you know, you work your ass off. And uh, you come up with a good gimmick. You know, that's where he's from. Yeah. No, I, I, I got lots of respect. The fact that he knocked out Vince McMahon was, like, the funny. <laughs> and he tells the camera guy, before that, he goes, hey, why don't you get out of here? Uh, and then he goes, uh, Vince goes, I'll give you one shot. Like, that was a mistake. I mean, right. That's like, <laughs> Who says I'll give you one shot? Like that's a normally, normally it's people who've never been punched before. Like people all the yeah, time, like, oh, yeah. you can have the first one. Like, yeah. It only the takes one to hit somebody. The billionaire boss, that's who. Yeah. 
and the, the Undertaker was in the uh, in the, the uh, locker room when it happened. He said he can't believe Brett got through everybody. But it's fucking, you know, you know, when like you're that mad. Anyway, Don Don left. Uh, Sean, what do you have coming up? I got another dog coming, a real expensive dog coming this Friday, being delivered to me. So <laughs> we'll uh, yeah see how that goes, and then uh, past that, mowing my 20 acres because uh, the uh, grass got out of control. We don't get any rain here like for weeks. But somehow my grass is still growing like at the fastest level I've ever seen grass. So yeah, I'll be uh, cutting grass for like the next probably thirty six the next seventy hours. So wow. now now are you reading any books on breeding or how do you know how to how to make this work? Are you? Oh, I've always raised dogs. I've had dogs my whole life. Yeah, like my dad raised dogs and bred them and all that. And uh, yeah, it, um, I've had pit bulls my whole life. Um, and those are the, uh, is that funny? Because I just want a dog for my property, not for you know like as a guard dog or whatever. And then when I found out how much the lady was selling them for, when I called her, I was like, I thought it was a joke. And I looked up and apparently her, that breed, that style, they call American bullies are just basically supersized pit bulls. Uh, the really, the ones for really good lines go for that money. So I was like, well, I want to get a female to go with him anyway. And then, uh, you know, I started doing that. And then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and get started on another dog, get a male. And then, uh, I'm sure it'll end up well with several pit bulls, multiple males, no way they'll fight, right? So I've now, got my uh, uh, now your girlfriend seems very sane. She seems like she's yeah. like <laughs> she, into any of this or uh she's got a silken windhound, which is uh the fanciest, gayest dog ever, but he's nice. Like it's a uh, he's like a greyhound. Uh that's when they're basically a greyhound with longer hair. So uh she's got one of those. That's a dog she always wanted. So it's interesting watching the the gay dog with my male pit bull because he like wants to play with them and the male's in a bad mood all the time now. I think he's picking up my energy. Maybe his back hurts. But, yeah, no, he's in a bad mood all the time. And he, like, will grab toys and then not let anybody have it, like growl at him if they get near him with it. And then uh, he's, like, protecting everything now. Like, he'll, it used to be just his food. Now he protects even, uh, like, toys. Or if you throw a glove out there, like, a or anything, like a sock for him to play with, he sits on top of it won't let anybody have it but him. So, yeah, it's uh, he's something else. So, I don't know. I'm sure that'll go well when the other male's big enough to fight back. There probably won't be any conflict at all. So. Well, it was a great show today, man. Uh, love you, <laughs> always. Uh, I'm going to be right, in Vancouver at the House of Comedy uh, the first week of September, and then at the Minnesota House of Comedy third week of September. Thank you guys so much. Take care, brother. See you, man.